From what's on to what matters, it's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Well, if you are like me and you've got no idea about this uh, super for deposit, the reception to Scott Morrison's plan has been uh, very interesting. It's been a very mixed bag. It's earned both praise and criticism. The coalition unveiled an 11th hour cash splash for more policy ammunition aimed at tackling housing affordability, announcing the super home buyer scheme. Depending on who you ask, the big ticket plan is either crazy and likely to drive up prices or something that strikes the right balance and will let more Aussies buy a home sooner. It is very confusing. There is lots and lots of information out there at the moment. Joining me on the line now is Pete Wadgett, who is the co-founder of Buyers Buyers. Good morning, Pete. My goodness, this is going up and down, this one. Yeah, it's a bit of a a last-ditch attempt to woo the voters. I mean, actually looking at the pre-polls, a lot of people have voted already, so Mm. uh, obviously won't make much of a difference to them, but... I guess it's a scheme uh, targeted towards the uh, disillusioned younger voters who want to get onto the housing ladder. And for some of them, it will make a difference if the coalition wins. And look, it is a tough one, isn't it? I mean, we've got some people saying that, uh, you know, if you're aged between 30 and 40, you've possibly got about $80,000 in your super if you're lucky, um, which will obviously, uh, you know, the max is 50000 that you can take out of your super. It will make a difference. But is it going to drive up prices, Pete? Um, I think at the margin, yes, it would, particularly at the lower end of the market. I think, as you pointed out, most people um, up to the age of 30, they don't have much in their super anyway. So it will mainly benefit people probably 30 plus and particularly couples who can pull their funds together. Um, You may well find that the major lenders come to the party on this as well. They will probably quite like first home buyers because they could be clients for life so mm. you might get away with a lower deposit but i think generally it will have more of an impact on regional markets and the cheaper capital cities like perth and adelaide because as you mentioned 50k in a city like sydney these days uh, it's pretty hard to get onto the ladder mm. regardless well the you know most of the banks these days want at least 20 20 percent and you know the median house price here in uh, in Newcastle is about nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a home your median house price for an apartment is uh, upwards of six hundred and fifty thousand that really makes it as you say it, it's a bit of a uh, a pee in a bucket isn't it yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens I mean of course we may well not be talking about this anyway mm. after next week but we'll see how we go um, first home buyers may be able to get onto the ladder with a 10 or 12% deposit, um, and it's more likely, in my estimation, to impact the lower end of the market, mm. which particularly means units and apartments. And probably if couples have got some savings outside of their super and they can take 50k from their super balance, I guess those are the people who would take it up. I think in some cases as well, you may find that parents, uh, particularly wealthier mm. parents, actually gift some funds to their kids sooner to grow in that low tax <laughs> environment. So this, this is the reason the coalition hasn't modelled the policy because you can't. You just mm. can't predict how it's all going to play out. But uh, yeah, as you say, it's, it's interesting to be dropping this on voters at the 11th hour. Mm. Makes it pretty difficult for people to make a judgment call. 
It really is. And look, you know, the, the thing that really concerns me is that we know home lenders are very tight at the moment, and you'd know this better than me, but, you know, the, the banks are really tight on what they do and don't lend. Obviously, you know, you don't have a savings pattern. If you're going to take it out of your super, that's been committed, obviously, by your employer. You don't have a pattern of savings, which is something that they really, really want. How do you see the lenders are going to react to this if the coalition get in? Yeah, well, it's difficult to say. I think the only thing that probably works in the favour of the borrower here is that um, I think usually when you go into a a market slowdown, the major banks are looking for ways to maintain market share. And if they can get first-time buyers, I mean, they're people who could be clients for, who knows, 30 Mm. years or 40 years. So they may well sort of make some allowances for people using their super as deposit. Um, but as you say, I mean, actually, the lending environment generally has been pretty tight for a while now, particularly because you can expect over the next couple of years that interest rates are only going to go one direction, mm. and that's up. Pete, are you conf- concerned about uh, the price of housing? I mean, we we, we have a significant um, supply issue. I mean, that that is what's going on. That is what is happening, that uh, we just don't have enough houses for the people who are out there. Are you concerned that uh, the potential for throwing all of these new, uh, you know, super-funded homeowners in, are you seeing that as a, a significant supply issue yet again? Um, well, it's definitely a measure aimed at the demand side, and it does nothing to fix supply. So mm. to that degree, yes. I mean, I live on the Sunshine Coast, and we've seen this big sort of regional renaissance over the past two years, and exactly the same problem as you're probably finding in Newcastle and mm. Hunter. There's a lot of people moving into the region, but supply hasn't really responded. Um, the Labour Party is proposing uh, some measures on the supply side, um, a $10 billion fund for affordable housing, but again, $10 billion doesn't really move the needle. Probably need some bigger supply-side measures to fix the problem. Now, Labor's obviously, its major housing policy would see it pay up to 40% of the cost of new homes for low- and middle-income earners. Do you see that as a, as a potential as well? I mean, obviously, we've got to look at both sides here. Is there, uh, is there potential to drive up those prices again? And, and how on earth would it work that the government owns 40% of your home? How would that work? Um, well, as you say, <laughs> it's kind of variations on a theme here. Mm. It's ways to find uh, find ways to get younger people onto the ladder without the savings pattern. Um, there's all kinds of risks associated mm. with that kind of a policy, not least that if the price of your house goes down, these are the costs of the budget. So um, I, I guess what's really missing from both major parties is serious measures to fix supply. Um, of course, in a in a, a close election, it's much easier just to target uh, younger people mm. with promises of ways to get them onto the ladder. Because it is the great Australian dream, isn't it? And uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm heading towards fifty. I'm uh, you know I'm starting again after a divorce. You know, it, it uh, it's really tough. You know, these are these are wonderful for for first homeowners. Um, I'm a single income person. I don't obviously qualify for any of the single single parents because I, I have a wage that uh, they say is is enough. It's really tough out there, Pete, to try and get in, whether you're a first home buyer or whether you're a, a starting again person or whether you're you're downsizing or upsizing. It's really tough. Yeah, it definitely is. And as you mentioned there, all of these measures tend to be targeted at what they classify as first home buyers, mm. but that doesn't really do a lot for, um, as you say, people who have uh, been in more than one de facto relationship, which statistically <laughs> these days, um, I guess we've all had a go at that, 
Mm, yeah. <laughs> more than <laughs> you make me feel better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> relationship. Um, that's uh, according to the ABS statistics. Mm. So, I mean, it, it is increasingly a challenge for people in in middle age and approaching re- uh, retirement years mm. as well. Um, but all of the measures tend to be targeted at first time buyers typically. So obviously you're you're on the ground. You're uh, you're you know your buyers buyers is is about connecting people looking to buy a property with uh, with agents and and those kind of things around Australia. What has been the reaction from from the people on the ground to both of these policies? What have you heard? It's not very much. Mm. Uh, usually in an election campaign, people are waiting to see mm. how things play out. I mean, normally during an election campaign, um, activity drops away as people just wait to yeah. wait and see what the outcome of the election is going to be. We've definitely seen that, plus interest rates are going up, which is making people just a little bit more cautious anyway. Um, so, well, look, we're pretty close to election day, so I guess we'll find out the results soon enough. Do you see either policy helping um, you know, businesses like yours? Do you see that you're going to see an, an increase in people coming to see you? Oh, look, a little bit, particularly first-time buyers. Mm. We do know from history that these schemes do tend to be quite effective at getting people into the market. So um, if you remember the Rudd stimulus uh, through the global financial crisis, there was a huge spike in first-time buyers then. Um, <clears throat> last couple of years, we've had the first-time loan deposit scheme, and that saw an equivalent spike in first-time buyers. So generally, it probably will bring more people in. Um, you could certainly make an argument, though, that's just pulling forward demand. Mm. And it's not really a long-term solution because, you know, the next buyers that come along are probably potentially paying a higher price. And that is the problem, isn't it? That, uh, you know, it, it's going to drive up demand. It's going to drive up prices. That's that's the circle yet again. And it's not doing anything to address housing affordability. No, it's not. I think um, the, the most uh, likely um, way that that's going to be tackled is actually through the market. And um, the Reserve Bank is pretty much going to be forced to increase interest rates over the coming months. So I think that will have a natural cooling effect unless they start to bring prices down, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, where people typically have the biggest mortgages of all in Australia. Mm. And I think actually prices are already coming off quite a bit in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, People are just a bit more cautious now about the price that they pay. They're still going ahead with purchases. But there are a lot more, I suppose, cagey uh, because Mm. the easy gains of the past 18 months are no longer there. Why do you think Newcastle is still so hot? I mean, uh, the rest of the country, as you said, is is cooling off. Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, they're all cooling off. Why do you think Newcastle and the Hunter is continuing to go up? Well, um, coal prices have been phenomenally high over the past uh, uh, six months or so because of supply shocks around mm-hmm. the world. I think it's, um, it's largely a lot of these peri-urban locations that are benefiting uh, so in Queensland, it's Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Toowoomba. Uh, down in Victoria, it's Geelong and Bendigo and Ballarat. And New South Wales, places like Wollongong, Central Coast, Newcastle and Hunter. Um, all of those markets have um, benefited through the pandemic because people haven't needed to be in the office five days a week. I guess that's been, um, I guess it's a regional shift that hadn't been happening for a long time, but just the past two years, there's been a real acceleration in that uh, sea change and tree change that movement. I wish they'd go somewhere else, Pete. <laughs> they need to go to Tamworth or somewhere. Get out of Newcastle. Get yeah. out of Newcastle. I think um, generally, most often the markets that benefit the most are the ones that are still within the gravitational pull mm. of the capital cities, which typically are those 
city sort of one and a half to two hours away from the major capitals because then if people need to get into the city, they still can. It is an interesting time. I uh, I will be really interested to catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time once this uh, this election is over and we know who's won because uh, then we really need to see uh, what the policies are, how this is actually going to roll out. Then we will know exactly where our property market is going to be sitting. Yeah, anytime, Tracy. Um, uh, always a pleasure to come on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if the polling's correct, we won't be talking about the uh, super fund policy. No, we won't. we won't. We won't. We'll be talking about the 40%. <laughs> That's right. We've seen surprises before, though, so let's see how things play out on polling day. Definitely. Thank you so much for your time, Pete. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks, Trey. Thank you. Bye. That is uh, Pete Wargent, who is the co-founder of Buyers Buyers. Does that make it any clearer for you? It's really as clear as mud, isn't it? Got no idea how it's going to actually help us. As I said, as a, uh, a, a middle-aged person who's trying to, to start again, um, as Pete said, there's a lot of de facto's that are in the, exactly the same situation and uh, housing affordability and housing supply is just out of this world. The rental prices are something that we've never seen before. When the place that you're renting is the same amount that you could be paying off your mortgage, there's something seriously, seriously wrong with our system. And fingers crossed, somebody starts to do something about it because it's more than just finding cash for deposits. It's about affordability and policies around it that make our homes affordable. And uh, it just hasn't been happening. It uh, it hasn't happened for 10 years and uh, something needs to, to be done very, very quickly or we're going to end up in a world of pain. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. With over nine decades of combined media experience, Tracy Mack and Michael Blacksland bring you a smart, fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix. Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from nine, only on Newcastle Live.